everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Disney Real to Real, a deep, deep, deep delve into the Disney animated canon. I'm Wyatt, and in this household, we accept that Robin Wilde exists. I'm Rayleigh, um, and I made some discoveries about today's film, which really, really shocked me. Um, but we'll get to that. <laughs> Well, well, I guess we we can go in ahead and ask. Uh, do they make you feel good about life or bad about life? I would say, like, I mean, the thing, the, the specific thing that I discovered, it was like worlds colliding. <laughs> oh, um, it was it was a strange feeling because I was like, how did I not know this for like sooner? Um, <laughs> but I've, then again, it's been a while since I watched this movie. Um, and I've watched it like three times in this past week. Holy shit. And I'm like, yeah, yeah. I watched it like three times just to be like, okay, I really didn't remember this movie that much. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but before we get into that insightful <laughs> revelation, <laughs> we have to ask our personal Disney question. And I yes. think mine will be... What would be your ideal premise for a Disney TV show? A TV show? Mm. Okay. Um, well, they already did a Three Caballeros TV show. <laughs> yeah. Um, so... Ah, oh, jeez. Hmm. I mean, Disney already ha- like does like a lot of stuff. Mm-hmm. With like TV shows and stuff, because they already have like a, like a more like classic style, like animation style with like uh, Mickey and Minnie and all those characters with like shorts and stuff. Yeah. Um, and they've also got new stuff like uh, I think they're doing new series based on Moana and Princess and the Frog. They're coming to Disney Plus in yeah. a few years. So. And they're already doing a shit ton of like Star Wars stuff. So. <laughs> I don't know. I guess maybe pick uh pick back up the Three Caballero show for season two. Kind of kind of left it on a cliffhanger, guys. <laughs> yeah, it, it's. I think it's been like three years since I watched that. <laughs> yeah. So like, aside from like adding more of like the Fab Five, like combining like Duckburg with some other place in the the Diz canon, like I don't know what mm-hmm. else you could do. I don't know. I just want to see. I just want to see the the disaster buys being disaster buys. So. <laughs> yeah, I don't blame you one bit. And maybe maybe a reprise of Baia. I don't know. Oh my god! <laughs> <don't know>. What <laughs> would it have to do with anything? What? <laughs> that's for them to figure out. <laughs> that's that, that's their job, <laughs> not mine. Even though it's your idea. <laughs> Look, it's my job to be creative. It's their job to figure out the logistics. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. 
Okay, I think I've got two ideas bubbling. I think it'd be really fun to do a mini-series based on the first Kingdom Keepers book. Mm -hmm. Do you remember those? I think so. Yeah, I certainly read the first one in, I think it was either middle school or high school. And it was just so bonkers that I was like, maybe now it'd be good to like turn that into a show. Yeah. Uh, or we could do one where like all the female Disney villains, they all run like this commune is like, we follow them up on doing whatever like wicked deeds they do on a daily basis. And it's just like, I think, I think it'd be like friends, but for Disney villains. Yeah. Yeah. I think that'd be fun. They'd be like, they'd be like asking like the evil queen. They're like, oh, how did you spend your day? And she's like, oh, no big deal. I just taunted a corpse with an empty jug of water. I also, um, since working in a library, I've, like, found out about all these, like, like, authors that are hired by Disney just to, like, create, like, the, like, twisted Mm -hmm. kind of deal. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. Um, and I was like, I don't know, maybe, maybe put some of those to, like, put them in a miniseries or something. I don't know. Some of those can get really fanfic-y. Okay, but they are literally fanfic. <laughs> I know, I know, but I don't... They're published fanfic. I know, expect? and that's the surreal part. Also fanfic, sometimes that is good literature. <laughs> are, are we talking about the Twisted Tales, or are we talking about other fanfiction Disney stuff? I mean, just like in general, I don't like using fanfic as an insult. Honestly, any of those. I think it'd just be interesting just to see what they do with it. Would I hate it? Probably. Yeah. <laughs> and then I'd be like, why don't we bring back Once Upon a Time? <laughs> oh my god, Captain Hook. Oh my god. <laughs> I I didn't get very far into Once Upon a Time. I think the second and the third seasons were the last ones I watched. I think I, think I made it through season one. Mm-hmm. And I think I watched like part of season two. All I really remember is Rumpelstiltskin. <laughs> He's all I really remember. I actually came in when they introduced the Frozen subplot in season four. Oh, yeah. And I was like, oh, what the heck's up with this show? Why haven't I heard of it? Uh, it's because it's fan fiction. Um, and then the second half of the season played out. I got bored. Then I went back to watch the first season. And I was like, oh, my gosh, this is actually like an original thing, kind of. Yeah, like, it actually seems, like, really interesting in season one. Like, they yeah. <laughs> they make it sound really interesting. Yeah, and then they, they fan service the shit out of everything. But we're not here to talk about Once Upon a Time. <laughs> mm-hmm. We are here to talk about a little movie from Disney, uh, an animated movie from the 2010s called Zootopia. Um, so, so here's the thing. Do we, do we want to start by talking about like general, like 2010s Disney, or do we just want to get right into the movie? Because this is the first, like the most contemporary thing we've talked about. Yeah, it it is. Um, we can kind of talk about like what Disney was like at this point. Yeah. We, we go more in detail, I think, like in like the specific episode that we talk about this era. But it's probably good to, like, talk about it a little bit. Yeah, the revival. Yeah, the revival. Well, 
I guess at this time, Frozen was still everything. Yeah, I'd say so. Like, they had only released one movie in between Frozen and Zootopia, and that was Big Hero 6. It was Big Hero 6. Which, also a good movie. Also a (laughs) good movie. Big Hero 6 is a good movie. (laughs) Yeah. Um, You should watch Big Hero 6. (laughs) We'll get to that. Oh my god. Um... But I'm trying to think, like, literally, how many movies has Frozen been referenced in? Uh, I feel like it's been referenced in, like, every single movie after it. <laughs> yeah, like, Big Hero 6, Except they for had Big that, Hero. that they Oh, had, yeah, Big Hero 6 did have one, yeah. Yeah, they had that bust of Hans. Yeah. And then that and ship then... from Arendelle. Yeah. And then, in this movie, they had little elephants dressed up as Anna and Elsa. And also the, um... Like, this isn't, like, a movie where, like, all your dreams come true, so let it go, you know? Yeah. <laughs> that that moment. Yes, I remember. <laughs> when that ox is being a super sexist asshole. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know? Um, But it's Idris Elba, so I don't know how to feel. <laughs> okay, it is Idris Elba. Okay, I was like, I... I know this voice. I know this man's voice, but I can't. Yeah. I can't place who it is. So I'm like, no wonder he sounds British. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Speaking of Idris Elba, uh, the Disney live action remakes were kind of in their phase one stage at this time. Like we'd had Alice in Wonderland, Cinderella, Maleficent. The Jungle oh, Book yeah. came out the same year as Utopia. Yeah, I, I completely forgot that like it had already started by that point. Yeah, and I think Idris was in that too. Can't remember who he was. He might have been Sher Khan. He might have been. <laughs> yeah, I don't remember. Um, and they also did Pete's Dragon that year as well. Mm-hmm. Also, Disneyland turned sixty-five, or was it sixty? No, it was sixty. Sixty. I think it was sixty. Yeah. And I remember that they had a big special about it on ABC that I watched in preparation for this. Uh, and it was the funniest part was that they did a montage about all the strong female characters in Disney animation. <laughs> and you'll never guess what song they used to illustrate their point. Which one? I'll, I'll give you one, one word. Which one? Girl boss. Oh, God. <laughs> well actually no that's a bad one it's not in the song but <laughs> it is very much a girl boss vibe okay so it's not almost there no from... it's not okay. a disney song oh it's not a disney song nope it's a top 40 pop song <laughs> oh then i have no fucking clue this is my fight song You're take kidding. back my light song <laughs> Oh my god, I hate that fucking song. I hate it, it so terrible. much. Also, Idris Elba was Sheer Khan. Okay, thank you. <laughs> I'm looking it up on IMDb. Thank you so much. Uh, Blue was Bill Murray. Oh, yeah. And um, yeah. Bagheera uh, was Ben Kingsley. And Kyle was Scarlett Johansson. But we're not here to talk about The Jungle Book. <laughs> no. But yeah, I guess... Uh, I guess the point we're trying to get at here is that this was a time when Disney was trying to make some 
stance on social progress uh, while also trying to make money. (laughs) And uh, I don't think there is any movie more evident of this shift than Zootopia. Oh, yeah. So. (laughs) Had you seen this film, not even the three times in preparation. (laughs) Had you seen it before that? I'm. I watched it in 2016 after it came out. I know I did. In theaters? I don't think I saw it in theaters. I think I saw I saw it after it like went to streaming. Okay. Um Yeah, I think that's when I saw it. I didn't I didn't see it in theaters. Okay. I also saw it. I think I got it on Blu-ray. Mm. And uh I will say, honestly, that up until my latest watch, I don't think I got it. (laughs) You don't think you, like, like you understood it? Or, like, what you, what, what, or, like, what it was saying, like, you didn't understand, or? I understood what it was saying, but I didn't understand the nuances. Okay, I'm I'm interested to see, like, what part you didn't connect. (laughs) Okay, I, I hope this doesn't end up with us getting into another, like, argument later on but like <laughs> i will hand on my heart i will do my best to not get into an argument <laughs> okay thank you but um i'm just genuinely curious yeah 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 <laughs> but yeah now that i now that i know what's happening i'm like oh fuck <laughs> <laughs> but uh let's see Basic facts, we got a film directed by Byron Howard and Rich Moore, who have been involved with films like Bolt, Tangled, Wreck-It Ralph, screenplay by Jared Bush and Phil Johnston, who we would also know from Wreck-It Ralph and Ralph Breaks the Internet. Wow, some of these movies are good, and some are not. (laughs) I know. Doesn't it just make you feel icky that the people who made this movie made Ralph Breaks the Internet? (laughs) I just want to know how how did how did the how how, how was the downfall so bad? How did we how get was, there? <laughs> like this isn't a perfect movie, Mm-mm. but how did it get so bad? <laughs> how did how did you go from Zootopia to Ralph breaks the internet, dude? That's so. I almost feel bad for them. <laughs> like, I I holy don't shit. I don't feel bad for them. I said I almost do. Yeah, I yeah, don't, okay, okay. but I almost do. <laughs> okay. Like, I think the problem is that all these people are over the age of 50. So, like... <laughs> yeah. They're, they're, they're barely socially aware. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, I mean, they certainly showed more social awareness with this film than they did with Ralph Breaks the Internet. Yes, definitely. But still, we'll get into it. Yeah. Um... Uh, it stars uh, Jennifer Goodwin, who we also know from Once Upon a Time. She was like <laughs> Snow White or something. Yeah. <laughs> uh, also, her husband, uh, Josh Dallas, who was, what was his name? He, he, he was the prince, but I can't remember what his name was. It was David. David, that was his name. I'm like, if you're going to ask me to remember names from Once Upon a Time, <laughs> I, you're going to be sorely disappointed. Oh, damn it. Um, <laughs> Well, all I had to say was that he is also quite fine. Um, but they're married and have kids, so I'm I'm going <laughs> to step off. So Yeah, that's a, that's a married man. Yeah, so. we, we can't. We can't do that. 
we also have Idris Elba, Jenny Slate, Nate Torrance, Bonnie Hunt. I actually didn't know that Octavia Spencer was in this movie. Oh, really? Yeah, she plays the 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 Otter Lady. Ah, uh, Miss Mrs. Otterton. Yes, yes. I had no idea. Mrs. Otterton. No idea. It actually premiered at, in Belgium at a film festival on the 13th of February, 2016, before premiering in the U.S. on March 4th. Mm-hmm. Uh, the budget was $150 million, and it grossed over $1 billion. <laughs> It's yeah. our first movie to hit the billion-dollar club, and not even adjusted for inflation. Wow. Yeah. But I mean, to be fair, we've been talking about, you know, fun and fancy free and all this stuff. So yeah. naturally, like, duh. <laughs> Guess uh, some notes about uh, how this movie came to be. So Byron Howard, he's the guy behind Bolt and Tangled. He pitched six story ideas to then chief creative officer and executive producer John Lasseter. Uh, all of which involved animal characters. <laughs> so he wanted to do either the three musketeers a, a 1960s theme story about a mad doctor cat who turned children into animals or <laughs> a bounty hunter pug in space mm. interesting interesting and uh basically the reason why he came up with all these is because like us he would he wanted to make a movie in, sort of inspired by robin hood yeah. So he's one of us. One, one of, of us. us. One, one of, of us. <laughs> I'm so glad we all agree that the fox is hot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh my god. I've seen the art. I don't want to talk about it any further. Um, oh yes. Uh, Lassiter was so taken by his ideas that he uh, even lifted Byron in the air like a baby Simba. What? <laughs> are you are you for real? I'm being for real. I to be fair, I'm taking this from Wikipedia, so it's kind okay. of wishy-washy, but the the line says his concept in which animals live in a modern world designed by animals for animals was well received by Lassiter, who responded by embracing and lifting Howard quote in the air like a baby Simba, unquote. <laughs> That's such a funny visual. This comes from an article from Entertainment Weekly about... Oh, this would have been the D23 Expo. And ah. they were announcing all the movies they were working on. So, Yeah. I hope I can find footage of that. <laughs> that would be really funny. Damn, I should have looked for that. And then, But then Lasseter also wanted Howard to combine the 1960s theme of the Mad Doctor Cat story with the animal characters things so basically i think he wanted him to like mesh all those ideas into one mm. and see what stuck although howard would go on to produce a pitch uh, for a story called savage seas it was to center on an arctic hare named jack savage who was kind of like james <laughs> bond uh-huh no oh my god okay i'm sorry i was so i looked up Jack Savage, because I recognized that name. Mm -hmm. I looked it up. I found where I recognized him from, and it's from that fucking Zootopia comic. 
Do you know which one I'm talking about? I have heard of things, but I did not read it. The, the <laughs> I don't even want to say it. Don't don't even don't if you don't like if you don't want to then don't. <laughs> <laughs> I've heard it's, it's okay. horrific. I'm just I'm just gonna vaguely refer to it. Um, a comic in which things happen. Judy has children. Okay. With Nick? With Nick, yes. Oh my god. <laughs> they are hybrid children, yes. Okay. So, they're like, are they, at the very least, aren't they like Lady and the Tramp type kids? I mean, they're cute. They're, the, art, the art is actually very good. No, 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 no. I'm, ta- I'm not talking about the art. I'm talking about how at the end of Lady and the Tramp, they have kids and half of them look like Lady, half of them look like Tramp. <laughs> No, they're like they're like combination. Oh God! <laughs> like rabbit oh, no. and fox. It's very strange. Oh um, no! Uh, damn it! And and Jack Savage is involved somehow. <laughs> okay. But like, yeah, I was looking at his design, and I'm like, he looks really fucking familiar. <laughs> yep. And that's where I recognized him from. Um. So, yeah. Do I recommend you read this comic? No. Don't do it. <laughs> I will not. <laughs> Anytime and, soon. And listeners, don't do it. Yeah, please no. don't. <laughs> don't do it. It's like reading the milk fic. Just don't. <laughs> just just watch Zootopia and be happy with just Zootopia. Be- <laughs> <laughs> you don't need anything more. Yeah. I'm I'm honestly at this point I'm wondering like where do we bring our expertise into things? And I'm just like, we know about the internet. And what to do and what not to do. So don't yeah. <laughs> don't waste no. your time on that. Don't. Oh my god. So ultimately it was decided that Howard would drop the 1960s setting, which I think was a pretty good call. I think I think it was a good call. And uh, changed it into a contemporary police procedural in which Nick was the lead and Judy was the sidekick. And thankfully that got changed as well. Yes, thankfully. Uh, that that decision was made in November 2014. And then uh, there's one thing that Wikipedia isn't telling me about, but you can find this information via videos, via the Zootopia wiki for some reason. <laughs> <laughs> and it is accurate that uh, once they got this plan in place, they wanted to have an element of the story where predators would be forced to walk around with shock collars <gasps> to to uh, restrain from their natural instincts. That was a that was a really visceral reaction I just had. <laughs> yeah. I I honestly should have shown you the video. <laughs> they literally had one of a of a small bear child having his own taming party <gasps> where his father basically gave him one of those collars. And he, like, regretted it, but he knew that... I, I literally felt like I was going to throw up for a second. Yep. Holy, <laughs> yeah, it was going to be more, like, dystopian, like, totalitarianism. <laughs> like... Oh, Jesus. I don't, I don't like how they got a little too close to real life there. <laughs> well, then that's... Well, I guess I might as well get into my points now. I feel like by changing it to what we have today, I feel like they made it even more relevant. 
Yeah, I think I think they made it a lot more relevant with the direction that they went. Because yeah, I mean the the whole if you want to like really boil it down, it's racism. <laughs> and white supremacy. It's saying racism. Yeah, it's saying racism bad, and you know white supremacy bad. But I do I do think there is some nuance. I mean, they try. They try. They try. But also, I just want to say, like, the fact that, like, I mean, from, like, the beginning of the movie, you see how normalized it is Mm -hmm. to, like, distrust, like, specifically foxes, but, like, also, like, just predators in general. Mm -hmm. Like, because, like, like, the parents, like, literally... I mean, it's not even just, like, the, like, little, like, care package they, like, pack her, like, for whenever she, like, goes to the city, like, with, like, all, like, all the fox repellent and stuff, but, like, just, like, the language they use, mm-hmm. where it's, like, never trust a fox, you know, like, it's, it's wild how, like, <gasps> it's I've wild. heard other people, Nick wild it's wild, fox. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> um, but it's wild that, like, I've heard that language to, like, be referred to, like, you know, you know, African-American people or Asian people. Mm-hmm. Like, people actually use that kind of language to justify their racism. Mm-hmm. And so, like, that's, that is something that I noticed where I was like, oh, I don't remember this. <laughs> but yep. I watched this last time. Yep. Just, like, how how normalized it is. Yeah. I have a feeling that this is probably going to take up most of our discussion. (laughs) I mean, it's a huge part of the movie. It's a huge part. And here's the thing. I feel kind of... I do honestly feel a bit dodge about it because Zootopia is, is the most contemporary film, but it's also the most, like, politically conscious film we've talked about. Yeah. And I'm hoping that we prove that we have a decent enough toolkit to like <laughs> discuss these issues while also recognizing that you know Disney they didn't quite get it right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, this is this is certainly I'm not going to say that this is like the perfect movie. No. Or that like it's it's the best thing to watch for like these sorts of issues. Obviously not. But they also didn't get it all wrong. No. Except for hyping up the police. Hyping up the police, but also, like, (laughs) comparing human race and ethnicity to animal species. Yeah. I think that's the biggest and most dangerous thing. (laughs) Yeah. Because, historically speaking, that has proven to be a way that white people have, like... (laughs) Yeah. Perpetuated racist racist rhetoric against people of color. (laughs) I mean, like... I do gotta give it to them. Um, They did... I mean, with this whole thing, with, you know, predators being pretty pretty obviously people of color, um, and then prey being white people, Mm -hmm. it's like, they do clearly show this, like, whole, like, white victim narrative, where, Mm -hmm. like, white people do tend to make themselves the victims of things. (laughs) Um, But, like, especially... Um, white women mm-hmm. um, white women especially um, like tend to uh, how do I want to put this 
<laughs> there is like this whole phenomenon of like white woman tears where like they will purposefully overreact to something that a person of color does in order mm-hmm. to gain sympathy and to make the person of color seem worse in comparison. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel like, I mean, the way that they made like Bellwether, like the main villain, I feel like it also connects to that because like, I mean, she acts like, you know, this like, at, like so meek and like acts like her size where like, she's like tiny. So like she acts tiny, but like, she is very clearly a very evil person mm-hmm. <laughs> and she is trying to make predators look worse so that like she can gain more power. Um, and I feel like it, she's using those kind of tactics, those kinds of tactics. Yeah. Um, can we think of a, yeah. like a real life analog to her? <laughs> like, uh, like I not, mean... and not just being like general, like white women, but like, is there any like lawmakers who ring any bells? Is there? Uh, I mean, I've been kind of, <laughs> I've been kind of distancing from like getting really into politics recently. Yeah, um, because it it triggers my anxiety, um, as as it does to mine. Yeah, so like I can't name people really, mm-hmm. but I do. I mean. I don't know for sure. Yeah. The only one that's coming to mind is Kellyanne Conway. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and I don't know who that is. So She was, she was, she was there during the, the hump administration. Ah, uh, okay. Yeah. Which is another thing that I feel compelled to talk about with this movie because <laughs> this came out before the world ended. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> and I just this movie it honestly makes me feel like we were very shallow and like as a society, we were really shallowed and like too self-congratulatory about having a black president. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, like we literally thought racism was over. Bye. <laughs> installing Barack Obama. I mean, a lot of, a lot of people like were convinced that like, it would like, it it changed everything. Yeah. And it's like, no, (laughs) even, even as far back as September, 2012, uh, a writer named Ta-Nehisi Coates had this to say about the dynamics at the time. Uh, He said, quote, Obama governs a nation enlightened enough to send an African-American to the White House, but not enlightened enough to accept a black man as its president. Unquote. Yeah. And I will admit, like, when this movie came out, I was 15 years old, 16 years old. I was not paying attention to politics whatsoever. (laughs) No. You would have been 13? I'm 20 now. Yeah. So I would have been like, yeah. Yeah. I mean, so so we weren't there. <laughs> at at 13, I was I was starting to get an awareness of it just because it it affected me a lot. Mhm. With like my like mental health struggles and stuff. Yeah. But I I would say that it wasn't really until one guy went out and the other guy came in that I 
it 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 began being shoved down my my throat. <laughs> yeah. And I became more aware. And uh this movie it is it it feels like a remnant of that period when our optimism, our sense of optimism was very blind and naive. <laughs> oh yeah. And what's even funnier is that I, in the last like 24 hours I've got I've grown into this big sense of nostalgia for the 2010s and yet I would I would hate to go back there (laughs) I think I just I want like specific things from the 2010s yeah like honestly I've literally been watching countless videos about the various like fashion trends of the of the time yeah and I like the early stuff more than the later stuff what were some things I liked because uh, I've read a lot of articles about this for some weird reason because it has nothing to do with Zootopia, but like, <laughs> but it has to do with the time period. It has so. to do with the time period. There's a lot of asymmetrical dresses, so mm-hmm. so you know, like asymmetrical. I think that refers to like whenever you have like one shoulder revealed and the other one not. But I'm thinking of the ones where it's like the front would be the mini skirt and then the back would be essentially the dress. So. You know what I'm talking about? Like a high-low skirt? I think. I think that's what it might be. Because, like, the front's, like, higher than the back? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, okay, yeah, a high-low skirt. And... Flower crowns. Flower crowns. Uh, Hipster fashion as well. Oh, yes. That was a big style information... Style of information. (laughs) Style inspiration for me in the 2010s. Yeah. Um... I don't know. It was just it back then was like a lot of galaxy print, a lot of like bad quality galaxy print, like yeah. 144p galaxy print. Yeah, it makes me sad that my only like non t-shirt piece from the 2010s is a vest that I had somebody sew up <laughs> and it has galaxy print on it. <laughs> oh, man. But it it feels nice. And mm-hmm. and the fabric itself, I think, looks pretty good. I think like, I think I literally had my, oh, what's that class called? It's it's the one that you put like all the delinquents and the like special needs kids in. Oh jeez, no idea, no idea. Well, I was in one of those, and mm-hmm. I literally had the teacher of that class go out to I think it was Michaels or like <laughs> something like that and get that fabric. Oh my god. And I had somebody else sew it up and it looks really nice. I just don't have an like an occasion to wear it. So <laughs> Well, I I did wear it for my senior portrait, but that was it. Mm-hmm. But anyway, uh guys, <laughs> we're talking about Zootopia. <laughs> anyway, back to back to Zootopia. But anyway, the point where we're getting at all, all the 2010 stuff is that I think part of the reason why I'm talking about like how we were like shallow and we had blind optimism and stuff is because we were so focused on our aesthetics. Mm. And I think with that mindset, you naturally can jump to a conclusion of, you know, we thought racism was over. <laughs> yeah, I can, I can see that. Yeah. But I mean, I, I do want, I do want to emphasize that like this, 
I wouldn't say this was like a popular opinion. Um, like the whole like thinking racism is racism is over. Yeah, um, yeah no, it was. It wasn't like all encompassing. It was or just. Anything. It was like. It was. It was people who didn't really pay attention that thought this. Um, yeah. And unfortunately, those are usually the people who are the loudest. <laughs> yeah. But I feel like like a majority of people were like. They just stopped thinking about it. I think would be the way to put it. Yeah, they thought they thought once we put a man in, like that in office, then it's like, oh, then I don't have like to things be will things will get by... fixed. Like things yeah. will get fixed. Like eventually, yeah. you know, like it'll, it'll be much faster now. Um, yeah. I think I think that's what a lot of people thought. Yeah. And the thing is, like, I've been trying to track down like the source of that ideology, I guess, mm-hmm. and it seems like it's mostly it was mostly perpetuated by academics and news analysts uh-huh so it wasn't just like the common person being like yay obama's in office now i don't have to worry about you know yeah it was it was mostly it was the media basically it was the media saying that so we all know how the media goes yeah and they are also thankfully they are not portrayed favorably in this film <laughs> yeah they actually help cause the conflict. <laughs> they do. They yeah. are they are actually like part of the problem. Yeah. Just like real life. <laughs> yeah. Maybe if journalists could learn to speak one at a time and <laughs> give their subject yeah. time to think. Oh god. Uh- <laughs> part of it is Judy's like lack of thinking. <laughs> yeah. Before speaking and then part of it is also because journalists journalists suck. <laughs> yeah. And this is actually the moment where it finally clicked with me. Because my problem was I could not understand how Judy could go up and say something like that after having spent so much time with Nick and learning to empathize with him and like respect him as a as an individual. And then just go up and be like, there might be something to do with their biology. (laughs) That didn't click. And now it did. And I was like, oh my god. (laughs) So I I am just like, curious, like, how do I phrase this question? (laughs) I guess just why? Like, why, why didn't it, like, click until now? I guess it was because I genuinely thought that she had had enough time with him and enough of a connection with him that she would put her stereotyping aside or like denounce it or whatever. But it, it turned out that it wasn't enough for her to be like, you know, you guys I mean, still have problems. <laughs> I feel like, I feel like Judy's like, like her or like her like thing where she says that i i feel like you also have to realize that like it isn't just like her own like personal bias it's everybody's bias mm-hmm. because like the doctor in like the hospital they were just in mm-hmm. was like we have to consider that it's biology yeah and then um like her whole life she has been like taught that it was predators predisposed to violence. I, I'm I'm telling you, I understand it now, but like, <laughs> yeah. And also, don't forget, like, this is also like a real life thing. Yes. Where like, people can be absolutely racist, 
but they will have friends who are people of color. Well, yes, of course you have those people who are just like, yeah, I don't hate black people. You know, I have black friends. <laughs> Or and the then one they turn around friend. and say the N-word. Yeah. So, like, like, that can absolutely happen. I'm not saying that's what Judy is, but, like... Yeah, yeah, yeah. No matter how, like, you connect and, like, empathize with a person, you can still be an absolute asshole to them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Whether and... it's on accident or if it's on purpose. Yeah. And I guess maybe it's just that I didn't expect a Disney character to do that. Yeah. Because they're I mean, always... I mean, she the... definitely fucked up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And she made a mistake, and... I don't know. I mean, it's like Disney characters can make mistakes, but like, I didn't. I you never... just didn't expect it to be that kind of mistake. Yeah, like the kind of mistake that, like, I guess I just didn't expect a Disney character to be a racist. I don't know, <laughs> or like an accidental racist or something. I don't know. Yeah, I feel like I mean that moment. It's just I, I feel like it's it's a lot. There's a lot that like builds up to that moment because yeah. it's. You know, it's a combination of, like, you know, what she's had to deal with growing up. Mm-hmm. And then what she's seen. But also, I feel like she's so self-assured that I I didn't know how, mu- like, how seriously she would take any of those comments. And yes, it is very intense and stressful. And I mean, she is, like, a small town bunny, so... Yeah. I highly doubt she was fully prepared for, like, a press conference. No. Yeah. Now that I get it, I (laughs) I am like, wow. Like, she was working the, she was working the room exactly the way Bellwether wanted her to. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it was, it was very much a, I feel like, yeah, she, she did exactly what Bellwether would have wanted without completely realizing it yeah oh the irony (laughs) oh the irony (laughs) otherwise i don't know i feel like i had a lot of thoughts planned for this but i did not structure them in a linear way (laughs) all of all of my notes are like in order they appear in the movie (laughs) so i'm like jumping around (laughs) meanwhile mine were just like stream of consciousness like yeah like i i wrote mine as i watched the movie so yeah i have a feeling that well i guess the the one question that i probably should have asked before we even got started on all of this i'm so sorry everyone i'm a mess (laughs) is that um with with our discussions i think we clearly have an interest in discussing characters stories and themes Mm -hmm. that's what we've established ever since the rankings yeah so I, I th- maybe we've made it, we've shown our hand of like what we're most interested in talking about with this movie. <laughs> <laughs> the themes, baby. <laughs> the themes. And actually, before I even got into all the stuff about like the racial subject matter and stuff like that, I was, I first came at it from a place of this movie puts a lot of respect and trust in its child viewers. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> and I, it might be too much for them to handle. <laughs> I yeah. don't know. I don't know. I even went so far as to be like, okay, I think this is one of the few Disney movies that actually like empowers children 
to like enforce change, like systemic mm-hmm. change. <laughs> but I feel like as heavy handed as the like themes are, I don't know if it's heavy handed enough for children. <laughs> yeah. Well, I was I also was comparing it to movies like Pinocchio, Dumbo, Alice in Wonderland because yeah. I was I was like Pinocchio is the complete 180 of this movie. Like yeah. <laughs> like it does not think that children have their own insight, ha- that they're valid. They are expected to listen to their parents and other authority figures all the time. With even, no question. With no question. And these these older people are expected to have, like, the moral high ground, as we talked about with Jiminy. Mm-hmm. But... Who is an asshole, by the way. Who is an asshole. But, like... Jiminy Cricket's an asshole. But in Zootopia, children and adults as well are, are being given this power to change. Mm-hmm. And that's something that I haven't. I don't think many Disney films have tackled up to this point. Like the best I could think of was Pocahontas, and we all know how that turned mm-hmm. out. We all know how that turned out. But yeah, that was just something that I was like, hmm. Yeah, yeah. That's that's a that's an interesting thought. Yeah, I'm just I'm I'm, tr- I'm trying to collect my thoughts. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's it's just it's a it's hard to talk about this movie. <laughs> I understand. I understand. Because it's hard to like collect it's like it's hard to like say what I want to say um because I don't know how to phrase it. Or maybe we're still building up that toolkit. <laughs> yeah, maybe maybe we are still building up the toolkit, toolkit. But it's still good to talk about this movie. Yeah. Definitely. I will say in <laughs> in my notes i do have um (laughs) what the fuck did i write (laughs) i have okay haha movie stereotypes not real then suddenly they are pick your stance please (laughs) (laughs) i think i'm referring to um how like animals act i think i think it was like during like the nudist scene uh where like you know, the elephant doesn't have a good memory and it's the the buffalo guy who, like, yeah. actually has, like, the good memory. Yeah. But he's, like, constantly, like, oh, you know, she has the mind of a bear trap, you know? Like, yeah. she, she remembers everything. Um, yeah, I was trying to think, like, I don't recall this movie making me laugh too many times. Yeah, I, w- I would say, like, there are some, like, jokes that get, like, a quick exhale of the nose. Yeah. No, I, no, I just remembered. I'll tell you exactly what and who I loved. Mr. Big. Mr. Yes, Mr. Big. Mr. Big, Mr. Was Big is the, the best part of this movie. Of the movie. <laughs> Mr. Big um is the best the best part of this movie. I 100% agree. I will not fight you on that. <laughs> One of my greatest fears is being buried in a skunk butt rug. No, literally. That's so awful. Why why'd you do that to grandmama, Nick? <laughs> He even made you a cannoli. <laughs> he even made you a cannoli. Also, ironic turn of events. Um, Before I entered this call today, I literally just <laughs> finished watching a YouTube short of a guy making a cannoli, but it was in the style of like a food porn video. <laughs> oh my God. And I was like, oh my God. I actually, um, yesterday I watched like this one 
like, I, I have like a YouTuber that I really like. She used to be part of BuzzFeed, but she left like forever ago. Mm-hmm. Um, her name is Sophia Nygaard. <gasps> yes, I love her. Oh my God. Whenever she, she did like her like Vegas like duology. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know if you've watched it, but like her um, and Tyler went to like a uh, pizza cake. And they got this, like, really fucking good-looking cannoli. <laughs> it looked really good. <laughs> Did they have a shot where the chocolate was dripping over the the end, but then it split know. open in the center? No. Um, but whenever Tyler, whenever Tyler bit into it, like, some of it, like, came out the end, so. Well, that's as close <laughs> as you get, I guess. That's as close as you can get, I guess. Um, <laughs> they're awesome. Yeah, I Anyways, love those Utopia. two. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, Utopia. Um, I would say, yeah, I would say Mr. Big is like one of the better parts of the movie. Yeah, I will say also, um, talking about like things that I do like about the movie. Yes, we've been pretty <laughs> negative up to this point. Um, so. <laughs> I, I guess I'll start um, with. I think the weather effects are really good. Yes, this is visually beautiful. It is a visually beautiful movie. Um, along like all of the like different like biomes that they show off, the way water looks, it's it's actually kind of amazing what they were able to achieve pre pre Moana. <laughs> well, actually, I don't even know if they used the same type of software. I mean, they probably didn't. They probably used like uh, an older software for it because like Moana, they had to like the, like. Uh, it says they used the Hyperion renderer, which they had first used on Big Hero 6. Uh, but I don't know if they used it for Moana. Yeah, I have no idea. And if they did, it was probably like an older version. Oh, yep, they did. God, this is... Of, of all things to look up right now, this is what I'm doing. <laughs> yeah. What What 3D engine did they use to... <laughs> make these movies yeah also um the way like foliage looks like the like all of like the like landscapes with like trees and like grass that all looks beautiful um oh my god see. i think i'm gonna have to share a post with you uh somebody they, they they're setting themselves as a hobby renderer but they <laughs> redid the island from moana and they're oh, like showing so- off <laughs> <laughs> how they did everything and i'm gonna have to send that to you oh yeah send it to me yeah bookmark anyway zootopia <laughs> yeah back to zootopia um the the lighting effects actually as well um especially whenever they're in like the hospital mm-hmm. um and judy is oh, using yeah, her phone scary. flashlight like that was like it's like a genuine like it's almost a horror moment where like it's like this old abandoned hospital and she just has the phone flashlight to look around. It's oh. Um Should we should we devote a section of the episode to your horror watch? To my- <laughs> we can. <laughs> I mean, I'm going to try to plug my ears so that it doesn't get too disturbing, but let's <laughs> <laughs> It shouldn't get too disturbing. This is Utopia. Okay. I mean, also um another like pretty good horror moment is whenever they go to Mr. Big's car. Yeah. Um, obviously, they don't know it's his car. Um, but whenever they, like, they get in the car and then, like, Nick opens, like, the little, like, driver window. Um, 
and they peek into like the like cabin area um and there's like the scratches like in the in the seats in the floors um and and then like there's just like the wallet on the floor Mm -hmm. and and then it's just like and it's just the phone flashlight like it's it's like actually like a pretty like unnerving scene where it's just like okay what the fuck happened of the the hot the otter yeah the otter (laughs) i almost called him hotter um (laughs) i mean (laughs) i'm sorry he's a married man i'm sorry he's a married man i'm not going after taking men um (laughs) doesn't he have two kids yeah he has two kids (laughs) he's married and with kids (laughs) and his wife's octavia spencer I can't do this. Um. <laughs> but yeah. <laughs> Anyways, Utopians. <laughs> um. Yeah, I would I would say like that's also like a pretty a pretty good scene. Yeah, definitely. Also, the glass looks really pretty. Whenever Nick picks up the glass from yeah. the floor and is like, "Oh my god, we need to leave right now." Yeah. That glass looks really pretty. <laughs> yep. Yep. And I want to hold it, and I want to crunch on it. <laughs> I want to eat that glass. No, don't do that. <laughs> um, also, um, the Rainforest District, I think, is one of the best, like, rendered um, areas. Yeah. yeah. I think they just, they killed it with that entire area. It looks beautiful. Girl, don't even get me started with the fog. Oh, the fog is so good. Let's see, what else? Um the the sheep the sheep look really funny <laughs> that's another thing uh these might be the most sadistic characters in the entire film <laughs> well i mean they are like a breaking bad reference so i know and i'm wondering like because i've been reading i, I didn't get, i did not get much evidence about why they switched from uh the shock collars to night howlers but I swear Breaking Bad has something to do with it, you know? <laughs> I mean, probably, because they wanted to do, like, a whole, like, drug-making sequence, so... But also, that means that, like, the the Predators are not biologically, as this movie phrases it, uh, they're not biologically savage. Well, yeah, no, it's it's just the Night Howlers, because, again, like, the, the, the um, Judy's dad explains it. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah. Like, his his uh was it his cousin or like his older brother like and he was a bunny he ate it and he also went like crazy yeah but like obviously it was temporary yeah so like yeah it's not it's not it doesn't have to do with like predators it's a manufactured scare yeah um using this like naturally occurring poison for lack of a better word but i i think the problem is that then that goes to show that this movie believes that We'll go ahead and single out black people as the <laughs> as the group that they're discussing that they're malevolent because of drugs. I still don't think that's flattering. <laughs> well, I mean, I mean, okay, this is good. This is gonna get a little crackpot for a moment here. Um, just. I don't know if I believe this, but this is something that I have heard and I have heard like said by other, um, let's like, I mean, I'm just going to say black people, but, um, like people I know who are black have said this and I 
have heard it from other people as well. A lot of the fear that comes for like like around like that comes from, you know, black people like white people are, would be afraid of them, comes from, like the American government planting drugs in African American communities. Yep. Um, to make them like look scarier or more so, like further yeah. more threatening. This is a conspiracy theory, but. There is some merit to it, and I can I can also see the like parallels there. I don't know. I I guess I see this movie with you know like the predators and like the night howlers and stuff. I see it more as like it's kind of like that situation where like Bellwether tried to do that. She mm-hmm. tried to like plant these I mean drugs for the lack of a better word. Um, to make predators seem more threatening. Um, but it failed this time mm-hmm. because someone was able to prove like, Hey, no, <laughs> um, actually these people are just people. Um, and you are falsely accusing them of being, you are falsely accusing threats. them of being threats. Um, like they are perfectly normal people. You are just drugging them. <laughs> yep. Uh, and I, I guess I kind of see it more that way rather than like, you know. That, yep, that's how I see it too. Okay. Uh, <sighs> can I say, can I, okay. This is off that topic again. Yep. <laughs> uh, sorry, not on that topic again. Yes. Was, uh, different topic. <laughs> Hot topic. Uh, <laughs> um, basically, the bit. Um, whenever like someone says it's called a hustle sweetheart, mm-hmm. they did it three times, mm-hmm. and the first two two times, it was it was a different character who said it, but the third time was just the same as the second time. It was Judy saying it after like doing the pen, mm-hmm. and I'm like, guys, if you're gonna do the bit three times, can you at least change it up, like? Maybe she, like, rewinds the pen and then Nick says it. Or why don't they both say it? Or, like, they both say it. Yeah, like, just to, like, have, like, a fun, like, melding or, like, a mirror of, like, the first time. But no, they just have Judy do it. And I'm like, that was a missed opportunity. It's a missed opportunity. That would have been their version of a pox on the phony king of king England. Of England. <laughs> Ooh, da <laughs> All hail King Richard. <laughs> well, now I guess I'll have an outlaw for an for in-law. An in-law. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, Lord. It always comes back to Robin Hood. <laughs> you know, I, I hate to say it, but I think I'd rather watch Robin Hood than Zootopia. Oh, absolutely. I, I, I enjoy this movie. I'm going to say I do enjoy this movie, but I would absolutely rather watch Robin Hood. <laughs> yeah. Which brings me to a question that I had as I watched the movie, but then after doing research, I reneged it. I was going to ask if you felt like this movie should have been in our top 10. Uh, I don't know. Because I know it was our last cut. (laughs) Yeah, it was. I don't. Okay. Uh, I don't know if I would replace any of our top 10 with Zootopia. Yeah, I 
I think I think it needed to be cut. Yeah. I think that if I had not drank the Kool-Aid that this movie was running down my throat and then did research on things that got right, the things that got wrong. But the things that got wrong were still big problems. Uh, yeah. <laughs> then I've been like, yeah, sure, put it on there. But now I'm like, I don't know if it'd be good to do that. So <laughs> yeah, like I mean, it doesn't belong on the bottom ten. No, definitely not. It's a. It's it a, doesn't belong there. It's a well constructed movie. Yeah, it's it's solidly in the middle somewhere. <laughs> like, I think great characters, great world building, great animation, Am- amazing world building. Honestly, good soundtrack. I, yeah, Shakira. <laughs> um. Shakira's there. Yeah, the fact that that song was written by Sia. Uh. Hey, uh, by the way, guys, uh, listeners, uh, Sia sucks. Yeah. We don't like Sia in this house. How many people have we put on the shit list? It's Sia, <laughs> it's Sigmund Freud. Sigmund <laughs> yeah, Freud, yeah, fuck Freud. Who else is in there? Um, Anybody who is a Scientologist... <laughs> no, I mean t- people we've talked about on this podcast. <laughs> Have we talked about Tom Cruise then? Oh yes, we t- we briefly mentioned him when talking about Aladdin. Okay, yeah, fuck Tom Cruise. Yeah, the fact <laughs> they wanted Aladdin to look more like Tom Cruise instead of Michael J. Fox. <laughs> fuck Tom Cruise. Sorry, yeah. <laughs> hate that man. Um, I can't remember if there's been anyone else, but we'll get it'll get bigger. Don't you worry. Yeah, don't worry, guys. <laughs> <laughs> but but Sia specifically, fuck yeah, Sia. <laughs> yeah, fuck Sia. For now. <laughs> I mean, I don't know, man. No, 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 no. I don't mean I don't mean as in like she might get better or something. I don't see that okay. happening. But I mean like fuck her at like the number one spot on the list. Oh yeah, for, for right now. now she's at she's number one. <laughs> yeah. Um like I mean Yeah, I don't I don't think anybody can get better after, you know self-righteously making a movie about autism and then just completely ignoring autistic people's opinions about it. Yep. <laughs> like, okay. Yeah, I haven't even watched it. That's how uncommitted I am, so. Yeah, honestly, I, I didn't watch it either. Um, I literally only, like, know about it through, like, other people talking about it. Yep. And then that's how I got, like, the plot and stuff. Yeah. But whatever. Anyway, back to Zootopia. <laughs> um... I guess, I don't know. If, should this be a short one? I mean, like we're already episode? at an hour. I know, but I'm thinking like, I have two questions, remaining questions. Mm-hmm. One of them is, of course, our final question. Yeah. But I guess my penultimate final question has to do with what we we talked about with Alice in Wonderland, mm-hmm. which is that... This movie, it critiques society where, and I know that Alice was more interested in like subverting society, especially from the Victorian period. Yeah. Um, but do you think this movie really does encourage change or do you think it's just a product of you know, the the Obama administration or something. <laughs> I don't, I don't want to like 
diminish anybody's personal experience with this movie. No. I think somewhere this movie inspired someone. And I I have to give it that. Yeah. I think I think this movie inspired change for someone. Maybe not me, but there there are definitely people out there who would have a connection to this movie and feel like it it inspired them. Mhm. And I don't, I don't want to knock that. <laughs> no. That's that's worthy of acknowledgement. And I think I think this movie, for the most part, had noble intentions. Mm-hmm. I I don't I think I think it was it was meant to inspire change, um, or at least invite people to think about change. Mm-hmm. Or at least critique society and our institutions and stuff. Yeah. So I I'm gonna give it that. I think I think it had noble intentions, um, and it may not have succeeded all of them, but I give it a a silver star for a, a try. <laughs> silver star, <laughs> not a gold star. <laughs> oh, sorry, Zootopia, you didn't quite make it, but you still got a star. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know. This movie. I mean, I don't know how you can make everyone happy. It's impossible. It should have been possible to make everybody happy. Yeah, and I mean, like, this movie's philosophies about progressivism and stuff like that, it does ring a little bit of of that, you know, like, the greatest showman, like... (laughs) Yeah. You know, we're all... This is me. (laughs) Yeah, we're all freaks, and we're all gonna be out here loud and proud. Um... And we're going to take back the slurs that have been used against us and stuff, which I still don't think is healthy. Um, yeah. But. I guess where I come down on it is like the movie espouses that change starts with you. Mm-hmm. But in the last seven years since Utopia came out, have we even wanted to change? I mean, I, love, I, have. I love how I just popped up another question in there. <laughs> I'm sorry. I mean, like, I mean, I've been going to therapy for a while, so I personally have been changing. But I'm assuming your question is meant towards like society. Could be both. I mean, personally, I have changed a lot since Zootopia came out. Not because of Zootopia. <laughs> Don't get me wrong. <laughs> I mean, now you know about a comic, so I mean, like... <laughs> that changed me in an awful way. Yep. <laughs> um, but I guess, like, I mean, I know, I know a lot of people, and I know myself. I mean, I'm always like trying to go for self improvement. Mm-hmm. Um, it just, it just depends. Um. I don't I don't want to speak for I mean I don't know. So- society 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 wants what it wants and yeah. For the two of us we don't really want the same things. So Yeah, and I mean a lot of the people that I know don't really want the same things, so So it's, it's subjective. 
it's very subjective. Um, and I know that's a cop out answer, but that's that's really what it feels like. Yeah, I feel like a lot of people want change, but a lot of people don't know how to do it. Mm-hmm. They don't know how to enact it, and I think that's part of the problem. Yeah, I mean, hell, I don't even know how to do it. So, <laughs> yeah, the only the only kind that like I really know how to do is with like myself. Yeah, you know. And I mean, that would be the best way for all of us to survive on this giant planet. But certainly we'd want to accommodate ourselves <laughs> mutually. Yeah. Um, How about just don't be assholes to each other, guys? Guys, please don't. Like, Just before you say something, take like five seconds and think about it. If you can't say something nice, don't say nothing at all. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, um, I guess now we can actually get to our final, final, final question. How do you think Zootopia influenced the way the Walt Disney Studios produces films to this day? I mean, it was definitely, like, the one that everybody thinks of whenever they think, like, Disney political movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and, I mean, after Zootopia, Disney just kind of kept doing that. <laughs> they were like, well, it worked last time. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I feel like they still make, like, political statements in their movies. They make political statements, but I don't think they depict, like, political protests or anything like that. I mean, it's certainly not as fucking black and white that Zootopia was. Yeah. Go back to the forest, Predator. I'm from the Savannah. Savannah! (laughs) (laughs) What the fuck? That was one of the funniest fucking lines. I I laughed at that one. I'm sorry. That was strange. it was meant to be serious, but I was <laughs> laughing so hard. Um, That's up there with Gone Were His Dreams. His world was shattered. Shattered. <laughs> um, I'm sorry, go on. I mean, but yeah. Um, I mean, they certainly haven't gotten as, you know, in your face as Utopia was. Yeah. But they do definitely still kind of like follow that kind of thing Mm -hmm. they've continued to make like political statements in their movies just not as strong yeah um and it's only recently that they've been on the side of the left yeah but that's only because you get people like ron DeSantis to make them angry (laughs) yeah so thanks i guess (laughs) thanks for finally lifting the ban on homosexual fast dancing guys I really appreciate it. <laughs> Thanks for Pride Night. <laughs> Thanks for Pride Night. I did actually see some of the like people in like character costumes like voguing and shit. So I was like, okay. Okay, girl work. <laughs> okay, do it. Oh so that God. was cool. Yeah. <laughs> I would say this is going to sound like a massive bummer. <laughs> I really think that 2016 
was the last year that we had great Disney movies. I wouldn't really argue with that. <laughs> yeah, like really, it's Moana, and then we enter the dirge. <laughs> yeah. And it makes me so upset because like, when our country needed a studio like Disney to like uplift people and to like boost morale, Disney was all about Disney. So, <laughs> yeah. And I mean, that's that's the case. Like, I've been hearing that raised a lot recently, especially with like rainbow capitalism where it's like, mm-hmm. if there's one thing that we need to stop doing in 2023, it is expecting celebrities and corporations to help defend social causes. Yeah. Because they're only interested in profit. So. Yeah, it, uh, it's true. <laughs> it, it, it's just the objective truth. It's the truth. And it's... I think maybe that's where I was at with Disney when this movie came out. I was hoping they would do something. And they didn't. So Yeah. <laughs> uh, not until recently, but you know. So, yeah. I hope Wish turns out good. <laughs> <laughs> Waiting for November. <laughs> Waiting for November. Oh god. So yeah. Any final thoughts on Zootopia? I guess for like any of any of my like video game fans that are also happen to be listening to a Disney podcast that is relatively niche. Um, <laughs> we are very niche. We're <laughs> a very niche podcast. Um, I found out that uh, the mayor Mayor Lionheart. Yes. Um, he also voices a character from the game Portal Two. J.K. Simmons. Yes, he voices a character named Cave Johnson. Which is amazing. He is also the voice actor for J. Jonah Jameson in Spider-Man 2, the video game. I love that you know that. <laughs> and yet I know him because he was in the 1992 revival uh, production of Guys and Dolls. It's pretty funny. We are very different people. <laughs> we are very different people. <laughs> I think he might have played the main guy, too. Like, the, the guy that was played by Marlon Brando in the 50s. Oh. <laughs> I think he might have been that guy. <laughs> I could be wrong. Don't quote me on that. Wait! He's in Baldur's Gate 3? Yeah. Uh. Also, he's the farmer's insurance guy. Oh, my God. We are farmers. Dum, da, dum, 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 dum. Okay, anyway, so, that was Utopia. <laughs> yeah, that was Utopia. <laughs> oh my god. I think on our next installment in this in this weird maze of Disneyness, I think we should meet up next week and we, we probably ought to do something sillier. We should. <laughs> yeah. I I've been rattling it around because I was like, okay depending on how I choose to go about this, our next episode will be released two days before my birthday. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I think I've got an episode scheduled for that time because I sound the most like a maniac in it. So I'm going to go ahead and put <laughs> that in that slot. So I guess this next episode will be fair game. <laughs> what should we do? 
Mm. My initial idea was that we could tackle a very obscure television special from the late 70s about mm-hmm. about uh, Mickey Mouse's 50th birthday. Oh, yeah. And I only felt like in talking about it because it features some people that you are really into from oh, the boy. Disney Pantheon. Um, <laughs> Disney Pantheon. <laughs> yeah. Alan Adele is there. Duchess is there. Not literally, but you know. Yeah. Who else is there? Oh, the guy that played Captain Hook is there. Uh, yeah. <laughs> My patron deities. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we can we can do that. All right. Yeah, everyone. Next week we'll be tackling Mickey's fiftieth because he'll be in the public domain, kind of. I mean, yeah, like. In the public domain, but not really, because yeah. Disney's really good at brand protection. They really are. And it's yeah. just the Steamboat Willie Mickey, so... <laughs> yeah, it's just Steamboat Willie Mickey. Um, also, I mean, it's the same way they like still keep hold of Winnie the Pooh, even though Winnie the Pooh is in public domain. You know what? If there's one thing that we will never talk about on this podcast, and I mean never, and I mean, like, even if you share a link in text messages or anything, I will block you. Um... <laughs> It's Winnie the Pooh, Blood and Honey. Oh, absolutely not. We are never talking about that. We're never talking about Winnie the Pooh, Blood and Honey. It's just, I'm just, one thing. It's a bad movie. I I bet, but also. It's it's, just a bad movie. I watched it. It's a bad movie. You watched it? Yeah. (laughs) The whole thing? Yeah, I'm, I'm a horror movie person. Well, yes, but I figured that still, that'd be like triggering i watched it to like see how bad it was and it was bad okay and yeah it was a little triggering because it was a little weird yeah that alone keeps me away from it i finished it um and it was bad and that's all you're gonna hear about blood and honey okay great (laughs) don't share any gifts don't share any memes nope i'm not nope thank you all right (laughs) i'll talk about other horror movies but not that one (laughs) <laughs> don't talk about it okay also no it okay yeah there's actually a lot of horror that i don't think you and i can talk about <laughs> i mean there's a lot of horror that i wouldn't talk to you about anyway because i think like... i think the farthest i'm willing to go is carrie <laughs> okay <laughs> so so carrie stephen king is okay but it Stephen King is not okay. Gotcha. I think I'm thinking more about the 2013 remake. <laughs> oh, you mean that one? No, I know there's also another one with Sissy Spacek, but and there's also like a 2000s like made for TV one. Yes, you're right. Oh my god. But I I was I was thinking about the 2013 one because personal anecdote i might cut this out of the episode but um at our grannies uh we had this girl she was watching the 2013 carrie mm-hmm. on her ipad and i came in at the scene where you know she was killing everybody in the prom <laughs> yeah after you know she had been dumped with pig blood and it was really intense when those electrical cables we're just shocking that poor girl in the middle of the floor. <laughs> yeah. I was like, holy shit. 
Oh my god! Did you know that, that there's also a Carrie sequel? <laughs> yeah, and then when the the guy was running up the the uh, the bleachers, and then she just like ripped him in there. Like, oh my god! I just want to say there is also a Carrie musical. Oh my god! <laughs> anyway, that's it for this episode. <laughs> Disney <laughs> real to real. <laughs> oh my god all right so (laughs) until next time you can contact us at disneyreeltoreal at gmail.com or on instagram at disreeltoreelpodcast you can also reach us at disreeltoreelofficial.tumblr.com beautiful all right, so um, just remember that race is a social construct. <laughs> Carrie will kill you at the prom, and <laughs> have a magical day. <laughs> bye bye. The motors of the simian. The motors of the Oh, 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 oh. The motors of the simian.